Good morning and welcome to the Saturday, February 3rd episode of the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. I'm Wayne Floyd, your host. The Faith Comes From Hearing podcast is a humble member of the Christian Podcast Community. You can find us over at christianpodcastcommunity.org. There's a lot of great listening over there, over 60 well-curated podcasts, wide, wide variety of topic areas, all covered from a biblical worldview. My brothers and sisters in Christ over there doing a wonderful job for the kingdom. Uh, I, I The Faith Comes From Hearing podcast is a podcast that is dedicated to prayer, devotion, Bible reading, and Bible study. Um, thank you for joining me this morning. I'm sorry this is coming out a little bit late. Um, I was a little bit tied up last night trying to wrap up my sermon for Sunday, um, as well as for the prison. It's basically the same thing, but it, I, I have to adjust it a little bit. And our little children's message. So didn't get this recorded last night. Um, doing this first thing this morning, at least first thing for me. Um, but I, I got to admit, I, I had a chance to sleep in and I don't normally. And so I slept in a little bit. But I wanted to get this out there for you. Um, with this being Saturday, we're just going to do our... Um, prayers, devotions, scripture readings. Um, no Bible study. We'll pick that back up Monday, God willing. Um, and with that being the case, let's go ahead and open up this morning with the seventh day morning prayer called God's good pleasure. Let's pray. Sovereign Lord, thy will is supreme in heaven and earth, and all beings are creatures of thy power. Thou art the father of our spirits. Thy inspiration gives us understanding. Thy providence governs our lives. But, O oh God, we are sinners in, in thy sight. Thou hast judged us so, and if we deny it, we make thee a liar. Yet in Christ thou art reconciled to thy rebellious subjects. Give us the ear of faith to hear him, the eye of faith to see him, the hand of faith to receive him, the appetite of faith to feed upon him, that we might find in him light, riches, honor, eternal life. Thou art the inviting one. May we hearken to thee. The Almighty Instructor, teach us to live to thee, the light dweller, inaccessible to man and angels, hiding thyself behind the elements of creation, but known to us in Jesus. Possess our minds with the grandeur of thy perfections. Thy love to us in Jesus is firm and changeless. Nothing can separate us from it, and in the enjoyment of it nothing can make us miserable. Preserve us from hypocrisy and formality in religion. Enable us to remember what thou art and what we are. To recall thy holiness and our unworthiness. Help us to approach thee clothed with humility. For vanity, forwardness, insensibility, disorderly affection, backwardness to duty, proneness to evil, are in our hearts. Let us never forget thy patience, wisdom, power, faithfulness, care, and never cease to respond to thy invitations. Amen. All right. And our morning devotion, our uh, text for it, is from Romans 8.12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, and this is from Spurgeon's morning and evening for today. As God's creatures, we are all debtors to him, to obey him with all our body and soul and strength. Having broken his commandments, as we all have, we are debtors to his justice, and we owe to him a vast amount which we are not able to pay. But of the Christian it can be said that he does not owe God's justice anything, for Christ has paid the debt his people owed. For this reason the believer owes the more to love. I am a debtor to God's grace and forgiving mercy, but I am no debtor to his justice, for he will never accuse me of a debt already paid. Christ said it is finished, and by that he meant that whatever his people owed was wiped away forever from the book of remembrance. 
Christ to the uttermost has satisfied divine justice. The account is settled. The handwriting is nailed to the cross. The receipt is given, and we are debtors to God's justice no longer. But then, because we are not debtors to our Lord in that sense, we become ten times more debtors to God than we should have been otherwise. Christian, pause and ponder for a moment what a debtor thou art to divine sovereignty. How much thou owest to his disinterested love, for he gave his own son that he might die for thee. Consider how much you owe to his forgiving grace, that after ten thousand affronts he loves you as infinitely as ever. Consider what you owe to his power, how he has raised you from your death in sin, how he has preserved your spiritual life, how he has kept you from falling, and how through a thousand enemies have be I'm sorry, and though a thousand enemies have beset your path, you have been able to hold on your way. Consider what you owe to his immutability. Though you have changed a thousand times, he has not changed once. Thou art as deep in debt as thou canst be to every attribute of God. To God thou owest thyself, and all thou hast yield, and all thou hast yield thyself is a living sacrifice. It is but thy reasonable service. All right. Well, our reading for today, we're going to be reading um, Exodus chapter 17, verse 8, through Exodus 19, verse 15, uh, Matthew 22, verse 34, through Matthew 23, verse 12, Psalm 27, verses 7 through 14, and Proverbs 6, verses 27 through 35. So, let's see, Exodus 17, verse 8. Hear the word of the Lord. Then Amalek came and fought against Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, Choose men for us and go out. Fight against Amalek. Tomorrow I will take my stand on the top of the hill, with the staff of God in my hand. And Joshua did, as Moses told him, to fight against Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. So it happened when Moses raised his hands up that Israel prevailed. And when he let his, hands, his hand down, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. Then they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it, and Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other. Thus his hands were steady until the sun set. So Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Then Yahweh said to Moses, Write this in a book as a memorial and recite it in Joshua's hearing, that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and named it Yahweh is my banner. And he said, Because he has sworn with a hand upon the throne of Yah, Yahweh will have war against Amalek from generation to generation. Exodus 18 Now Jethro, the priest of Midian, Moses' father-in-law, heard of all that God had done for Moses and for Israel, his people, how Yahweh had brought Israel out of Egypt. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took Moses' wife Zipporah after he had sent her away, and her two sons, of whom one was named Gershom, for Moses said, I have been a sojourner in a foreign land, and the other was named Eliezer, for he said, The God of my father was my help, and delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with his sons and his wife to Moses in the wilderness, where he was camped at the mount of God. And he sent word to Moses, I, your father-in-law Jethro, am coming to you with your wife and her two sons with her. Then Moses went out to meet his father-in-law, and he bowed down and kissed him, and they asked each other of their welfare, and went into the tent. And Moses recounted to his father-in-law all that Yahweh had done to Pharaoh, and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake, all the hardship that had befallen them on the journey, and how Yahweh had delivered them. 
and Jethro rejoiced over all the goodness which Yahweh had done to Israel, that he had delivered them from the hand of the Egyptians. So Jethro said, Blessed be Yahweh who delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians, and from the hand of Pharaoh, and who delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that Yahweh is greater than all the gods, for in this matter they acted presumptuously against the people. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took a burnt offering and sacrifices for God, and Aaron came with all the elders of Israel to eat a meal with Moses' father-in-law before God. Now it happened the next day that Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood about Moses from the morning until the evening. And Moses' father-in-law saw that all saw all that he was doing for the people, so he said, What is this thing that you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge, and all the people stand about you from morning until evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a matter, it comes to me, and I judge between a man and his neighbor, and make known the statutes of God and his laws. And Moses' father-in-law said to him, The thing that you are doing is not good. You will surely wear out both yourself and these people who are with you, for the task is too heavy for you. You cannot do it alone. Now listen to my voice. I will give you counsel, and God be with you. You be the people's representative before God, and you bring the matters to God. Then warn them about the statutes and the laws, and make known to them the way in which they shall go, and the work they shall do. But you shall select excellent men out of all the people, those who fear God, men of truth, those who hate greedy gain, and you shall place these men over them as leaders of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. And they will judge the people at all times, and it will be that every major matter they will bring to you, but every minor matter they themselves will judge. So it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burden with you. If you do this thing, and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure, and all these people also will go to their place in peace. So Moses listened to the voice of his father-in-law, and did all that he had said. And Moses chose excellent men out of all Israel, and made them heads over the people, leaders of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. And they judged the people at all times, the difficult matter they would bring, matters they would bring to Moses, but every minor matter they themselves would judge. Then Moses let his father-in-law depart, and he went his way into his own land. Exodus 19, verses 1 through 15. In the third month after the sons of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on this day they came into the wilderness of Sinai. Then they set out from Rephidim and came to the wilderness of Sinai and camped in the wilderness, and there Israel camped in front of the mountain. Now Moses went up to God, and Yahweh called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, Tell the sons of Israel, You yourself have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I lifted you up on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. So now then, if you will indeed listen to my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my treasured possession among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the sons of Israel. So Moses came and called the elders of the people, and set before them all these words which Yahweh had commanded him. And all the people answered together and said, All that Yahweh has spoken we will do. And Moses brought back the words of the people to Yahweh. Yahweh said to Moses, Behold, I will come to you in a thick cloud, so that the people may hear when I speak with you, and may also believe in you forever. Then Moses told the words of the people to Yahweh. Yahweh also said to Moses, 
Go to the people and set them apart as holy today and tomorrow, and let them wash their garments, and let them be ready for the third day, for on the third day Yahweh will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. And you shall set bounds for all the people all around, saying, Beware that you do, do not go up on the mountain or touch the border of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. No hand shall touch him, but he shall surely be stoned, or surely shot through, whether beast or man. He shall not live. When the ram's horn sounds a long blast, they shall come up to the mountain. So Moses went down from the mountain to the people, and set the people apart as holy. And they washed their garments. And he said to the people, Be ready for the third day. Do not go near a woman. So it happened on the third day, when it was morning. Oh, sorry. I went too far there. All right. Matthew 22, starting verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered themselves together, and one of them, a scholar of the law, asked him a question, testing him, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. And the second is like it, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang the whole law and the prophets. Now while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them a question, saying, What do you think about the Christ, whose, whose son is he? They said to him, The son of David. He said to them, Then how does David in the Spirit call him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, until I put your enemies beneath your feet. Therefore if David calls him Lord, how is he his son? And no one was able to answer him a word, nor did anyone dare from that day on to ask him another question. Matthew 23. Then Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees have seated themselves in the chair of Moses. Therefore all that they tell you do and keep, but do not do according to their deeds. For they say things and do not do them, and they tie up heavy burdens and lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves are unwilling to move them with so much as a finger. But they do all their deeds to be noticed by men. For they broaden their phylacteries and lengthen the tassels of their garments. And they love the place of honor at banquets and the best seats in the synagogue, and respectful greetings in the marketplace, and being called rabbi by men. But do not be called rabbi, or one, for one is your teacher, and you are all brothers. And do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father, he who is in heaven. Do not be called instructors, for one is your instructor, that is Christ. But the greatest among you shall be your servant, and whoever exalts himself shall be humbled, and whoever humbles himself shall be exalted. Psalm 27, starting in verse 7. Hear, O Yahweh, when I call with my voice, and be gracious to me, and answer me. On your behalf, my heart says, seek my face. Your face, O Yahweh, I shall seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your slave away in anger. You have been my help. Do not abandon me, and do not forsake me, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but Yahweh will take me up. Instruct me in your way, O Yahweh, and lead me in a level path, because of my foes. Do not give me over to the desire of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of Yahweh in the land of the living. Hope in Yahweh. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Hope in Yahweh. In Proverbs 6, verses 27 through 35. 
Can a man take fire in his bosom, and his clothes not be burned? Or can a man walk on hot coals, and his feet not be scorched? So is the one who goes into his neighbor's wife. Whoever touches her will not go unpunished. Men do not despise a thief if he steals, to fill himself when he is hungry. But when he is found, he must repay sevenfold. He must give all the substance of his house. The one who commits adultery with a woman is lacking a heart of wisdom. He who would destroy his soul does it. Wounds and disgrace he will find, and his reproach will not be blotted out. For jealousy enrages a man, and he will not spare in the day of vengeance. He will not accept any ransom. He will not be willing, though you give many bribes. Alright, that is our reading for the day. Uh, let's see, our closing devotion, as it has been through the week, um, and, and probably will be for the rest of the year, because I'm really enjoying it, is... Uh, from Glorifying God by Thomas Watson. So, of course, this is for February 3rd, because today is February 3rd. Uh, the text for it is from John 17, 4. Hey, we've been studying in that. I have glorified thee on earth. So that's Jesus to God. And the, uh, sorry, and the title for it is Glorify God in Death. It will be a great comfort in our dying hour to think we have glorified God in our lives. It was Christ's comfort before his death. At the hour of death, all your earthly comforts will vanish. If you think how rich you have been, what pleasures you have had on earth, this will be so far from comforting you that it will torment you even more. What is one the better for, an estate that is spent? But to have conscience telling you that you have glorified God on the earth will be sweet comfort and peace to your soul, and will make you long for death. The servant that has been all day working in the vineyard longs for evening to come when he shall receive his pay. How can they who have lived and brought no glory to God think of dying with comfort? They cannot expect a harvest where they sowed no seed. How can they expect glory from God who never brought any glory to him? Oh, in that horror will they be at death. I'm sorry, oh, in what horror will they be at death? The worm of conscience will gnaw their souls before the worms can gnaw their bodies. If we glorify God, he will glorify our souls forever. By raising God's I'm sorry, by raising God's glory, we increase our own. By glorifying God, we come at last to the blessed enjoyment of Him. Alright, well, thank you so much for spending this time with me this morning. Um, as always, I pray um, that that we spending this time together and the scripture helps to keep us and, and helps to build our saturation in the scripture, which we all need to be. Um, especially in today's world. We need to be saturated in the scripture and truly we need to be working on memorizing it. And I'm not trying to be a conspiracy, conspiracy theorist, um, but don't be surprised if they start trying to take them away, start trying to take our Bibles away. So we need to know our scriptures backwards and forwards. So I, I hope this helps. And I hope this help, helps those of you who want to stay in the scripture, but are, are either occupied doing something where you can't pick up the Bible and read it, um, or such that, like I've said before, part of the motivation of why I started this podcast was the fact of my, my wife at times having trouble wanting to be in the scripture, but having trouble picking it up and reading it, having trouble with the reading of it. Um, so I, I continue to pray that that helps. I hope you have yourself a wonderful day. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Um, as always, I would continue to implore you to do all that you do for the glory of God with it being the weekend. I, I pray that you have plans to worship with the saints. If you don't, change your plans and do so. 
Um, it is more important for you to be in church to be than to be at any um, any child's ball game or anything else like that. You need to, you need to be in worshiping with the saints. If you're not able, physically not able, please join us. We will be live streaming at 12:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sunday, February 4th. Um, you can find us on Facebook at Vail Valley Baptist Church and on Twitter at at VVB Church. So like I said, we'd be happy to have you join us. We would rather have you join us in, in physically because we would love to see your shining faces. All right. Well, let's go ahead and close out with prayer. We're going to close out with the Lord's Day Eve prayer. Let's pray. God of the passing hour, another week has gone and I have been preserved in my going out and my coming in. Thine has been the vigilance that has turned threatened evils aside. Thine the supplies that have nourished me, thine the comforts that have indulged me, thine the relations and friends that have delighted me, thine the means of grace which have edified me, thine the book which amidst all my enjoyments has told me that this is not my rest, that in all successes one thing alone is needful, to love my Saviour. Nothing can equal the number of thy mercies but my imperfections and sins. These, O God, I will neither conceal nor palliate, but confess with a broken heart. In what condition would secret reviews of my life leave me, were it not for the assurance that with thee there is plenteous redemption, that thou art a forgiving God, that thou mayest be feared? While I hope for pardon through the blood of the cross, I pray to be clothed with humility, to be quickened in thy way, to be more devoted to thee, to keep the end of my life in view, to be cured of the folly of delay and indecision, to know how frail I am, to number my days and apply my heart unto wisdom." Amen. All right. Well, again, I hope you have a wonderful day and a wonderful weekend, and I hope to see you tomorrow morning. Have a good day. God bless.